Hey y'all, I'm Becca Gaskin, and this is my podcast, You Changed the Story. When I think about what I'm here to do on this earth, this podcast feels so aligned as a part of that purpose. I want as many women who can possibly be reached to know that they are seen, they are heard, they are understood, they are not alone. Any woman out there who feels locked up in shame or fear or self-judgment or insecurity or jealousy of seeing other women stand in their purpose or not knowing why you can't get free, to really be able to understand how you make sense. Everything about you is on purpose for a purpose and it's accurate, but it may just not be accurate to what's happening in this present day moment. And the work that we do here and the things that we'll talk about here are meant to help you update the parts of you who feel stuck so that you can move forward into more joy and possibility than you've ever experienced. We are hardwired for connection. We are created for connection. What happens when we're young and for whatever reason, the quality of that connection is compromised, meaning there's some type of attachment injury, there's unmet needs, there is a misattunement, there's developmental trauma, maybe not for the fault of anyone that's our caregiver, maybe it's not on purpose, maybe it's just a sign of their dysregulated nervous system and their own unprocessed trauma, and we are raised in an environment where we're the recipient of that, and that becomes the data points inside of our body and our brain that indicate and make up who we are and how we see the world and what we believe about the world and even our woundings and the burdens that we carry. That's a lot for a little kid to have to endure and to have to navigate through at such a young age. So what happens when things are compromised? Well, I remember a few years ago, about four years ago, actually, when I was making the difficult decision to get divorced and file because the relationship was so dishonoring and just really unsafe emotionally and physically and spiritually and mentally for so many reasons for me and my daughter. And I was talking to somebody and, you know, of course, I was just so sad that this was happening and I was grieving. I was like, how could this have happened? How could I have not been enough? How could I have been such a fool to choose this. And I was really feeling so much shame and questioning and, you know, going through the grief cycle for sure. And someone said to me, when giraffes are in a meadow, they can recognize their mom by their spots, meaning they can look out and they can see the spots the distance between the spots. They can see the shape of the spots. They can see the distinction of the spots compared to all the other giraffes, something that we, with our eyes, could never make a distinction of. But these little baby giraffes know who their mama is, and ultimately, they know what feels like home. And she said, when you were all of the ripe age of 21, you know, picking your husband straight out of college in the South, maybe you just looked out and you looked for those same spots 
what felt like home. And maybe a part of you was trying to correct that old story. At the end of the day, when it comes to any relationship, one person can't do it on their own. It takes two people willing to grow together and take responsibility and take radical ownership and, you know, all of those things all along the way. And I white knuckled it. Like I believed I could do it for the both of us. (laughs) I could carry it on my back and I can make it happen. What I'm realizing now is so much of our relationships as adults, our romantic lives, our work lives, even our relationship to money has so much to do with those early attachment experiences and the environments that we were raised in, even in utero. What I realize about myself now is I really lean more toward an anxious attachment style. I believe, my coach Jane says that we are all born with a preference towards secure attachment. Like God created us to be securely attached. That is our birthright. And things that happen to us cause us to lean out of protection and overcorrection toward anxious on one side of the spectrum or avoidant on the other side. Anxious attachment looks a lot like fight or flight. On If we're talking about the nervous system, there's a lot of fight or flight tendencies that come up in proximity or closeness to another person So things like an overreaction, a disproportionate reaction to something that's really not matching to that situation or defensiveness or raising your voice or protest behaviors or getting really upset when it doesn't really seem to make sense why, which it's a felt experience. It's something in the body that says, even when I have this, I can't really have it. That belief, that billboard, if you will, over an anxious attached experience, you can have it or you can want it, but you can't have it, is such an opportunity. It makes us really susceptible to be in a relationship with friends or a romantic relationship or even a relationship at work or even a relationship at church where we are over-functioning and not seeing the reality. It really makes us susceptible to an under-functioning person. That would be the opposite end. And when I say under-functioning, I mean from an emotional perspective, as far as their ability to lean in and have that dance of give and take called reciprocity in a relationship where that signals safety to the body. When we don't have reciprocity, it signals distress to our nervous system. And that creates that distress. That's a danger cue. And then that creates the state from which we function, meaning everything is urgent if we're in fight or flight, Or if it's become too overwhelming, we move into that freeze state where we're really collapsed and shut down and numb and just checked out and not really having much awareness, maybe not using our voice or not even connecting with what we would even say. And then the other part of this hierarchy of our nervous system is that tendency to flee, to the flight tendency. And that can look like 
a really positive, good, well-behaved child or well-behaved woman where we just ignore a situation and pretend it didn't happen. We don't talk about it. We're really positive. We always see the silver lining without processing our feelings first or processing what we experienced. We spiritually bypass things. We stuff it and keep it all neat and tidy. We get preoccupied with something else rather than the situation at hand. Like we clean or we do a hobby or we're busy running errands or we're overworking or we just leave a room or conversation and we just go on to be productive and we just do the best we can to avoid all confrontation because good girls don't get angry. Those are all responses to keep you safe. And those responses can create adaptations in our personality, which can wind us up in a relationship or a situationship or a work relationship or a church relationship where we can really be susceptible to more abusive, whether overtly or covertly, behaviors where we don't realize and we're so disconnected from how that feels because we look out We see the spots and it feels like home. And we plant ourselves there because our nervous system loves what is familiar. What is familiar is always going to be favored by our nervous system because there's already established patterns, neural pathways that connect us to that type of experience from an embodied place, from what it feels like, how it connects to our senses and our sensations. And so anything outside of that our nervous system is going to see as weird or wrong or bad. And one thing that breaks my heart about attachment is that we're not going to see as a little girl the situation that we're in, our mother, our environment. We're not going to see that situation and be able to articulate, oh, I can see why this would feel this way because mom has this going on. And, you know, I can really understand this from a cognitive level. And so I'm going to give mom some space and I know I'm okay. As a child, we don't have that cognition. So the story that we create is not ever that mom is bad. The story that we create is that we are bad. The story isn't that church leader or that teacher or that person who spoke to me like that or that feeling that I felt when I was in their presence. We don't connect to like that's a them problem with their nervous system being dysregulated and their unhealed trauma. We think that is something about us. And that really is a prediction of how we'll function until we become aware of the patterns that we're functioning in. So for me, it took the shattering of my first marriage, of that relationship, to really be able to pull back so much that I was unaware of because it just was normal. In my coaching, I have my clients fill out a map of their nervous system. So there's three states. There's safe and social, which is called ventral. There's fight and flight, which is called sympathetic. And then there's dorsal, which is shut down, collapsed. And whenever I filled out my chart, me personally, my middle section, sympathetic, I've had so many words for sympathetic. The whole 
thing was filled out with no space for anything. And then really what I realized when I looked at that, I was like, this is my home away from home. This feeling of fear and always running for our lives and always running for a solution is normal. So normal. And that state of being When we stay stuck, it's not a problem that we go there when we have to, when it's the right thing for the moment. So it's not a problem if we go into shutdown. It's not a problem if we go in fight or flight into activation. That's not a problem. It's when we stay stuck there for an extended period of time, years, days, on end, months on end, and we don't have the flexibility or the access to safety or regulation that helps us shift up and down to really come back to presence in our own bodies. As much as I would like blame my ex-husband for why this was true for me, this really started long before him. This was the frequency from which I existed. And this looked like performance and we have to do it now and It's all on me and overworking, a lot of hyper-independence. And I'll leave you with this. That created for me this shame of how could I do this again? How could I leave a situation and choose the exact same situation from childhood to when I had a choice? And if you feel that, if there's shame around that for you, hear me say when the best love or connection you ever knew was based off a certain set of feelings, ways of acting, ways of being, you staying stuck in patterns that keep you sick, not at your best, that was the best love you ever knew. So of course you would choose that. Of course you would. You didn't really choose it. It was what you knew. And there's no way you could have known any different. The only way we know or learn is when something allows us, whether we do it on purpose or it meets us in our path, something allows us to slow down, assess, and look through the rubble and find the gold and see what's there. And from that place of awareness, is when we get to repair whatever needs to be repaired. And that can look like no one outside of you bringing the repair or the closure. It doesn't have to come from the parent or the teacher or the church or the ex or the ex-spouse that hurt you. It can come from within yourself. It can come from a connection to your body, a nurturance for self, a connection to safe people, a connection to your needs, a connection to your story, and ultimately a connection to your desires, but from a place of self-embodiment and safety. It's desiring not from what was handed down, but from the unraveling of all of that to peel back the layers until the most true version of you that's ever existed is standing there with compassion and curiosity and courage to take a step towards something that is unfamiliar. And when we do it, we're like, oh my gosh, I'm actually safe here. And for me, that looked like trauma-informed support. That looked like trauma-informed body workers. That looked like taking care of myself in new ways that once felt selfish. That looked like learning what my yes was and learning what my no was and honoring that instead of abandoning that. And over time, 
we get to update the data points. And over time, that's how we heal.